just like <laughs> you know Chaz you were saying that like don't you're, reinvent the wheel Chaz was so saying like you know we all have like a, a heart for evangelism or like a heart for whatever and I was and I just now was sitting down I was thinking you know what I think we do the three of us do share when it's when it comes to evangelism or whatever it is I think that we're just exci- there's an excitement in our hearts about Jesus I just think that there's that between the mm. three of us, I think we are markedly excited about Jesus in particular. It's not that we, I mean, like, yeah, uh, you know, it, maybe we have like a, a sense of like, yeah, like almost like, oh, dude, like the world's got to know, like, I'm, you know, compassion, wanting to share and stuff and just valuing the sharing. I, but I think that genuinely the three of us, something about Jesus is truly exciting. So I, I've seen that in the, in, in the two of you guys anyways, for sure. Hey there, Christ City Church. Welcome to another episode of the Christ City Cast. Today, uh, we have something a little bit different for you in light of our current series, Speaking of Jesus, which we started back in May. We thought it would be a good idea to just kind of have a roundtable discussion on some of the themes of this series and what it means to be a people and to become a people who speak of Jesus regularly, often, and naturally. And so we sat down with a few people that you're going to know, and we just had a conversation. And just a heads up, this conversation is going to be split into two parts. And so this is the first of two uh, halves of a conversation that we're going to be sharing with you over the summer. We talk about evangelism, speaking of Jesus, witnessing what it means to proclaim and speak the gospel in ordinary and everyday ways. And I really think you'll find it an encouraging and challenging uh, conversation. We hope you enjoy. Thanks. So welcome back to the Christ City Cast. Um, on today's episode, we're doing something a little bit different. Um, I'm joined by Ryan. Hey, what's up? And Dana. Hi. And Kyler. I am Kyler. <laughs> and on today's conversation, and we're just sitting around and going to have a conversation around speaking of Jesus. As you know, we've been in this series for the last couple of weeks, and it's going to continue throughout the summer. And um, really, I think our heart for this series is just to learn and to grow and mature in um, how we um, speak of Jesus in the ways that Jesus spoke to others, the way he shared Um, what the Father was up to, the way that he loved people, the way that he encountered um, both uh, the lost person, the sinner, and the religious person, the zealot, the Pharisee. And so um, with these three, we're here to just have a a conversation, um, and I think we're going to learn quite a bit from you all. The first, just kind of jumping in to it. Um, How did, so I'll just ask this to kind of the table. How did Jesus speak? Um, what have you guys seen in the scriptures and your own experience um, in the way that Jesus speaks? And we'll kind of give it three lenses uh, to sinners, to religious people, um, and to the Father. And so what, what do you learn from this? What can we glean from this? What do you think? We've already decided Dana's going to go first on all of these. And <laughs> so, and, I, I'm, and Ryan's already let me know that he's, because I, I said I'm just going to go last on all these because I'm going to speak so much. So, Ryan said he's going to do that too, so I'll take I'll go second on this, but it's going to be long. So <laughs> go ahead, Dana. Well, when I was processing through that question, 
the words I see you came mm. through to my heart. And Fine. I think he says a little differently to each one of those that were posed. I think to those who self-identify as sinners and recognize their sin, they um, there's a shame there. And so like like the woman who is bleeding or um, Zacchaeus, they're, they're hiding in that. And so I see the Lord saying, I see you. And then to the Pharisees and the self-righteous who try, like what we were talking about in Luke 11 this past week, um, who try and keep their outside so clean, but their heart mm. is full of sin. Jesus says, I see you. And he, he, he calls out that which is unknown. And then I think oh, wow, really to good. the father, he has a submissive heart and a, a, a gentleness that is like, I see you and I'm eager to be with you. Wow, that's really good. Where did you, did, did you just come up with that whole I see you thing? Like, or is that the a Lord said I see you? That's profound. Yeah, no, that's really um, good. I, I'm, I literally started crying because when I think about how he sees me mm. and how much of a mess I am, like, how could you be willing to see me like us, that? He knows us and he loves us still. When, yeah. when I'm, a, you know, the worst of sinners, but also when I'm judgmental and I'm like a, a righteous, you know, religious dude, Pharisee. which is just as bad. And it's, he sees me in both ways. And that's very profound. Mm. So thanks for saying Amen. that, Dana. Or even just the, the whole, also, I see the father at work in the world around me. I mm. see the father. It's like a... There's a reversal, but it's like a, it's like the flip side of the coin. He he sees, I'm seen, I'm known, mm. but I'm also looking always. What's the father doing? Completely uncovered. Mm. Just no like no barrier between Jesus and the Father, and and that um, the way I was going to answer this, I guess I'll go second, Kyler. Do it. Um, Jesus encounters all three categories face to face. Like completely um, unhidden, un, um, just not shine away or backing away at all from the reality and the truth and whatever's going on at the time with people bringing in all disease and baggage or um, all this self-righteous um, type attitude like he he looks straight into that mm. and does not shy away, does not say, sidestep. Interjects and, himself right in between. Like the woman in the well, he put himself between her and the well. Walks right up to the well. Right? Yeah. I think what's sweet about that story, too, is that he called out the fact that she had multiple husbands and the fact that he did see her and she was known by him she went and shared that like that was the the fruit of her totally. being evangelical mm. or sharing of jesus was the fact that he saw her sin like and he he knew her yeah that's really good do we have time for a quick story yeah let's yes. do it i want to jump into the story it's one that i thought i would want to share today talking your mic there you go and uh this is a good opportunity because um one of my best friends who I've known my, almost my whole life. Um, he was, I would say he's a believer, but I'm not sure if he's all in on following Jesus yet, which is a lot of us, okay? Mm -hmm. But 
I recently got to spend some time with him, and I was asking him about church. He's recently become a churchgoer, and he was telling me that there's, it seems like a lot of judgment towards premarital sex in church, and we both have a, a dark history on that. So we're talking about that, and I had the opportunity to share with him how, man, that would be hard, but if I were in that conversation, I would just try to blow the top off it and completely come out and say, this has been a huge struggle for me and like just blow it wide open mm-hmm. and say, yeah, that a lot of skeletons in my closet and, and reflecting on that, um, being able to speak of Jesus is because he's forgiven me. Mm-hmm. And so I don't feel judged in that sense because I feel mm-hmm. fully forgiven. Yeah. So I feel like the woman at the well, yeah, I can talk about it now because yeah. he already knows. And it's completely covered. That sin's mm-hmm. completely covered. So um, I wanted to share that with my friend just so he could be encouraged. Like, hey, you don't have to feel judged when people in the church are speaking against premarital sex. Mm-hmm. Like, if you open yeah. up about that, like, God will forgive you. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we want to be open about that. And we don't, until we have an encounter like the one the woman at the well had, it's going to be really hard to talk about those kinds of things. So that that was a, a recent um, kind of encounter that um, was really encouraging for me mm-hmm. because a friend I've known all my life, and we were actually at a professional golf tournament, like staying in, in the trees, watching golf, and talking Zacchaeus, about this Zacchaeus heavy style. Yeah. Talking about this heavy stuff. So that was that was definitely a highlight for me That's recently and. Awesome. Jesus uh, being in the mix in the yeah. conversation. Well, I know, I know you didn't get a chance to answer, Kyler, but you can you can go first as we transition kind of into the next thing because I think, I mean, we could have just closed it down with the answer Dana gave. I mean, yeah, that was, sure. That was that worth was the price drop. of admission well, right there. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, mean <laughs> I, I do, I think that... I think that Is there like, something you want to well, add? Yeah, I was going to say, like, some, some of my thoughts on this kind of, they, they, I think they'll tie into some of these other okay. things. So, like, when I, when I look at how Jesus responds, how Jesus spoke, not even thinking of the lens of the world and you know the Father and stuff. The couple of things that stuck out stick out to me are one that he spoke with. I'd say I'd say he spoke with passion, compa- compassion, hmm. and and I would argue a degree of peace. Um, and, and and I'm saying this in in, in the con- context of its relevance to evangelism. So passion, he was he was. And, and, I, and I said this when we prep, like, when, I don't know if it was recorded or not, but like, I think that the three of us, one thing I, I would, I would say would be a caricature is that we, we're just excited about, mm-hmm. about Jesus. And we're excited about what he's doing. And, that, and, and so there's, and he was too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and not only that, his, it was coming from a place of, of not only an overflow of love, but an intimate relationship so it wasn't he wasn't just preaching theology he wasn't just teaching rules i mean and so for the same with us i mean like it's exactly i'm, I'm bringing this up because that's exactly what our brother just shared it was like it was personal he's not yeah. we're not we're not just talking when we talk about jesus we're not talking about stuff about jesus we want to talk about him yeah who we know him to be and so that that's like that's that passion i think is we should parallel and the, the compassion there there are a lot of people, myself included, who suspect that one of the reasons we don't see as many healings in America when we pray for healings is straight up lack of compassion. Mm. Um, 
And I, I mean, over and over again in the Gospels, when you see Jesus teaching, healing, casting out demons, all just all the works, it's, it's over and over again, you see how he had compassion. And I would say, I would submit that there's perhaps a, a parallel there um, it, with, the, when he, with evangelism. I think that a lot of times when we get passionate <laughs> about stuff, you know, we, we say like, speak the truth in love, but like, it truly should be love that's motivating things. Yeah. And if it's, and I, and I think that, you know, we're probably going to get in to this time. I mean, again, this ties into other stuff as well about like not sharing and stuff. But hmm. I think that that yeah, it's that, next. it's that love that cast out fear. It's that perfect love that cast out fear. So that's passion, compassion. And then the other thing that I would submit is peace. Um, and that's not to say that like when we're, talking about Jesus with people that we're not, that our hands aren't shaken or that we're not nervous. But I personally, just recently, one of the things I was realizing is that as a spiritual person was talking to me, uh, they're a believer, but I never met them before. What made them, what made me able to discern that I, that, that was the Lord speaking through them to me was this sense of peace that I could feel. And, you know, when it, you look at Luke 10, when you're looking for, you know, people of peace, things like that, right. it's kind of like a missiological term or whatever with, for you know, missions and evangelism and stuff. But there is this sense in which others that don't know the Lord are able to discern the truth of what you're saying and him speaking through what you're saying through the peace they feel when you're speaking. And that comes if you're, if you're speaking from peace and that, I just, at that time, the last thing I'd want to say about how, what, how we saw Jesus speaking was, you know, he didn't say, we know that he didn't say anything that the father didn't, that he didn't, that the father didn't say, like he's, he's, he's just reflecting the Lord and that requires an intimate relationship yeah. with the father. Yeah. And so we saw him praying before we saw, and we see him, I, I believe we see he's got, if he's, if he's listening to the Lord, I think for us, that means asking what, what, just like Dana did, you know, we were, she's reflecting yeah. these questions and the Lord spoke to her that phrase, um, I see you. So yeah. he's, it's a, it's a conversational thing. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. And y'all have already, y'all have already kind of started to move in this direction, especially Kyler with some of what you just said, but, um, so like what we've kind of talked a little bit about how we see Jesus interacting with people, how he's not just on, not just speaking with people, but just in the whole way, the holistic way that he encounters people in his ministry that we see in the gospel accounts. And so as we've been talking about this speaking of Jesus these last couple of weeks, we've even come across um, some of these ideas that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Um, We've seen in Matthew 12, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so we've said that if this is the case, then it follows. And Kyler, you've hit on this a few times, but if that's what our heart is full with, then out of that abundance, Jesus should come speaking out of our mouth. We should be speaking of him often. And yet, a lot of us don't do it very often. So what do y'all, what's y'all's diagnosis on? What is it, what's the hang-up for a lot of um, people where they shy away from sharing personal stories like you shared, Ryan, um, entering into a messy situation with someone they have you know, a relationship with or just boldly and courageously even just proclaiming the good news of Jesus that they've had in their own life. Why do so many of us find that to be difficult? No, I think what you said is really true. I think there's a great um, C.S. Lewis quote where he shares about like reading a good book. The 
when you read a good book you, and you find out who the author is, you have to share right. it with your totally. friends. And like even with like a good restaurant, you have to go tell your friends, you have to check this out. And I think it's natural when you enjoy something. And I think even in his quote, he says, the fulfillment of the enjoyment actually comes when it is spoken and shared with others. Yes. And I think that that's really reflective of our relationship with the Lord when we experience that and get to share that joy with others. It's a fulfillment of our own um, glorification of him and our own mm. um, like relationship with him. We, we see him at work through mm. that experience. And, and I do think a personal relationship with the Lord is what drives that. I do think that there's also some fear, um, but just um, part of the gospel story is that there is one true Lord who is our atonement, our, our, our Lord, our, our God. And I think we live in a very um, universalist society right now where it's saying that um, this is an absolute in a very relative world where um, you can have your God and I can have my God and our gods kind of all lead to the same place. And as long as you're good and working hard to bring, you know, peace to the world and right. stuff without that um, steadfast reality behind it, you, you're kind of, then you're buffing up on um, calling people out for their sin and requiring yeah. people to say, hey, there's a wickedness here that we need to turn from or there's sin that we need to flee from. Like there's that flip side which makes it it can almost appear the the love can appear combative in a way And you kind of touched on this in your story that you shared, but you think that a lot of people find it hard because, um, well, because they know themselves, they, they see all their junk. And so it feels difficult or hypocritical to call, you know, cause I, again, this is different, I guess, than maybe, maybe sharing what Jesus has done, but that to your point, Dana, if you basically called something out as sin or actually just scratch all that i don't know where i was going with that okay you, i think you're onto something there Chaz. um but what i would say is it can <clears throat> it can be easy to hold back because the gospel is offensive especially in a post Christian world, which I think is where we're at. It's inherently offensive to every culture always, but it, we feel, but we, that's the, that's this, we, we know exactly how it's offensive in our culture right now, but it's inherently universally offensive. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But here's the deal. We don't hold back because it's offensive. Mm -mm. We hold back because we fear that we're going to be rejected yes. by our friend or acquaintance. So if I share my sin, I might be rejected. If I share the gospel of Christ, I might be rejected. If I even bring up religion in general, I'm right. probably going to be rejected as a friend. That's not true. It, it could happen, but 
most people are willing to hear especially each other's stories. Mm-hmm. And one thing a friend told me is people aren't going to deny your story of what God's done in your life. They might deny scripture. They might deny truth, but they're not going to deny your story. Not, I mean, not with any yeah. relevant basis. Yeah, if anything, our culture so. is even set up to where like it would Personal be. Personal experience is more valid. Yeah, yeah. Kyler, do you feel different since you work with other yeah. like non-Western yeah. influence cultures? How that's different for like where you're at? I'd say it's the sim- I say similarities and differences. So, you know, I would say because I would agree that 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 we do we, we really do we we are inhibited from. I personally will speak for myself. I know that I personally am in feel inhibited to and hesitant to share controversial truths, whether it's to a Westerner or a Muslim or a Buddhist or a Hindu or whatever, um, because of, at times because of fear of they're going to reject me, um, for sure. I mean, that's a, that's a thing, but there is really and truly for me a, and this, and this could be not right, but a, a fear that, um, so like, like there's a lot of stumbling blocks with like with Muslims in particular, just the, the notion of, of God being three persons, the Trinity is such a huge stumbling block. Hmm. You know, that's the kind of thing that you're not going to be able to, you know, the gospel is sort of like a, it's like a truck and the people, we talk about this and it's like, if you're on, if there's like a, like a, abroad bridges uh, in other, a lot of developing countries, they're like <laughs> wire bridges that you that you like walk through like you can't get a truck across that bridge out, out of the hole it's gonna have to go kind of piece by piece and so for, i i there is a there is a there is this this tension between that i experience personally between navigating how to like how and when and in what context to not just share things about god because entering into spiritual conversations yeah. is that's that's key and i'm not afraid to do that i, I i'll pray I'm quick to ask somebody to, 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 if I can pray for them in Jesus's name, I'm quick to ask, I'm quick to, to share my personal stories. I'm quick to share I'm, I'm, I, what I believe up until I know that it might potentially, not, not potentially, that it directly contradicts what they, like a core tenet of their faith. And then I'm like, at what point are we going to have this conversation? And I think that, I think that ideally you can one way to not simply avoid that but one one because because eventually that's the decision people have to make is is, is are they going to follow jesus or not but getting them into the word um mm-hmm. and letting jesus speak for himself instead of it being you mm-hmm. trying to convince them of, of, of something that mm-hmm. might be like a big stumbling block like for example um premarital sex or whatever you know if that's a big enough of a stumbling block there there needs to be a tension between I think it's a good and right tension for us to be having to rest on Jesus to know, God, I'm scared to address this topic with this person, and and but if this is what you're leading, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it. Versus like, and at the same time, be willing to just ask like, Lord, is this something that I should maybe just point them to Scripture towards and see where that would go? Yeah. The main problem is that we severely underestimate the power of the Spirit. Oh yeah. And His involvement yeah. in our conversations. Good. Yeah. Yep. We think we got to have the right story, the right answer, the right connecting piece. Mm-hmm. 
the right apologetics. Kyler, I mean, even in your situation, the right way to delicately press into these much deeper all this stuff yeah issues and i'm thinking like a few steps back i'm thinking even to bring up god even to mention prayer Mm -hmm. i think most people have the truck stuck in park absolutely yeah so so like there's different levels of, of, of this of this conversation of like of like challenges we experience so we're talking about like you know more on the front lines like here's kind of what what so what would keep people from engaging in and or even us from engaging into that those initial steps, I would say for me personally, in my life, the main thing that has kept me, I'd say two main things that have kept me from talking about Jesus with people, it has not been, it, it has been, number one, exhaustion. Oh, that's, yeah. Tired. Busyness. Yeah. In my life. I would love to share Jesus with more people, and I just have worked, you know, I'm working more than 40 hours a day. and A day. That's impossible. <laughs> Sorry, not that thing. Thank you. More than 40 hours a week. You are working. I'm working more. Yeah, yeah. Time traveled. Uh, uh, we bent time more than... Okay, so anyways, I, I, I'm working 40 hours, over 40 hours a week. It's, 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 it's high stress. I've got drama in my life. I don't even have kids. I don't know how people that are married with children are going to ever find the time to engage in these relationships. So you're, you just feel like... So in a sense of exhaustion, and again, if what, we're, what I'm submitting is that really what is where this the, the sharing talking about jesus has to come out of overflow it has to yeah. come out of of time spent with him if i'm not exercising if everything that jesus did if jesus organized all of his days in a manner that that he was doing things that kept him in the presence of the father over and over again throughout the day he was doing that how much more do we need to do that Hmm. how much how how much more seriously do we need to take spiritual disciplines spending time praying spending time in the word praying for the people that praying for the conversations we might be having with somebody all that stuff if i'm not doing that it's not that god doesn't use you in spite of that or or god's not going to use busy parents but like for me personally exhaustion and not being captivated by the beauty of the lord because of depression or whatever and then the, the second thing would be shame Mm. A sense, and it's the same thing that, like, for me, like, it gets me to procrastinate or so just maybe it gets back to the question whatever. that I started to ask, but kind of didn't, which was just like, yeah, how do we speak into things when we feel like we're still on the way, we're still in progress, we haven't arrived, you know, for, those kind of things. And I also I wanted to say I think, you know, y'all, have, you and Dana, Kyler have already used these words that are like really helpful, um, but you know, excitement, so excitement for the Lord or what He's doing, and enjoyment which is what Dana shared, which I think that's kind of getting back to what you're talking about, Kyler, right? Of like, yeah, yeah, there's these practical things that actually happen in the moment of, but there's like a whole like mountain of stuff that is going on in, in the personal moments, in the quiet times, in the, you know, the 45, 50 hours a, a week that, that, that are not in front of people. You know what I mean? Where you're enjoying God and you're excited about God and you're in relationship with God. Um, well, I mean, is that, is that, yeah, is that, no, no. I mean, I would just say like for me personally, I have, for the most part, I've not struggled to feel like I'm so messed up. What am I, what do I have to share about Jesus? For me, if I understanding the gospel has, has always just been like, Oh man, like no, we're all screwed up. So let me let me. We, right. we, need, we all need this. Right. For for me personally, it's been this sense of it's been it's ultimately just boiled down to a lack of surrender on my end. I have this sense that I should 
be sharing, whether that's true or not, it could be like undue pressure and expectations that I'm placing on myself. But when I feel like I'm failing, when I feel like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do, sometimes I try to avoid that reality. Oh yeah. And so if, if I, if I, for example, know that I should be sharing the gospel with people, I should be living a more openly spiritual lifestyle. I, sh- I know that there's something like fear of rejection or something like that that's hindering me from engaging in that conversation or asking if I can pray with somebody to begin with. I, that the, the shame from inside of my heart from knowing that that's reality will cause me to avoid that reality altogether. Yeah. And then it's just this self perpetuating cycle. That's, and that's, and that, yeah. and you can say that about, for me, you can say that about evangelism. You can say yeah. that about All homework, of, yeah. work responsibilities, whatever it is. That, that is for me a thing. Yeah. 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 Dana, uh, kind of pivot to, Kyler brought this up, but, how does someone who has two small children and has all puts all this time into raising a family and caring for a household and you know there's so much stuff to do? How does someone uh, maintain a sense of you know uh, uh, not only making time for the Lord, which we've talked about that on previous podcasts, but also this kind of more outwardly focused kind of evangelistic sense of of, a, of the life of a Christian that that Kyler's been talking about? How have you done that? Um, I think it's twofold. I think there's a recognition that my kids are sinful kids that need to know, <laughs> Amen. know Jesus too. And so we'll that play this is form when my like probably, 15. <laughs> yeah, my like first mission field. And so just making yes. intentional Amen. conversations yeah. with them, but we have a pretty open house. I know Chaz and Kyler, you've been over yes. there. There's constantly kids coming through. And I mean, I can think of a story the other day where, from our um, our Seder around Easter time, I have like five boxes of matzah left over. And so I had no food for the kids. So I was like, well, we're gonna have butter on matzah today. <laughs> and I was like, do you know what this bread is from? Do you know? And I explained the Passover story to the kid, the neighborhood kids. And so like, it's just little moments like that where I can say, hey, do you guys want to read a book? And a lot of them are eager to hear Bible stories. And so it's just similar to what you were talking about, busyness, keeping yourself available for those open-ended questions with the kids and their parents and, um, yeah, having availability. I think that that word, I don't remember what you, I think that in, that inter, interruptibility is mm. key to evangelism. Mm. The people that talk about Jesus with others are willing to have they've they're they've made themselves available intentionally or unintentionally, but when that moment comes, okay, like like it, Lord, like the, your 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 day is allowed to be interruptible hmm. um, if you want. And at the end of the day, I mean, like one of the main things I've learned through leading other people in evangelistic stuff, like you know teams or like you know we we do outreach on a regular basis, like yeah. every week and stuff is that it's not about, just like Ryan said, it's not about us, it's not about tactics, and I'll say it's about the Holy Spirit. And if, if you just make yourself available, if you just make the decision to put yourself out there, whether it's by opening up your home, hmm. whether it's by, and, 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 and saying, and, and recognizing, okay, here's an opportunity I can connect this to, the, to, the, to Jesus, to the gospel, and just trying, God uses that. And if you have a game plan, he's probably gonna do something completely different with it. But <laughs> right. it, it just make yourself available and allow yourself to be interruptible. Yeah. So, um, 
in in some ways, you know, uh, we can kind of, I'm not saying we're doing this right now, but, you know, a lot of times we can kind of flatten what we mean when we say things like evangelism or sharing the gospel, and it just kind of becomes kind of this dry or formulaic or, um, and honestly, nothing against formulas. I was saved by a formula uh, presentation of the gospel, but, um, you know, we've spent a lot of time and energy at Christ City over the years trying to kind of cultivate and develop like a, a real relational kind of organic, natural way of thinking about what it means. Um, and so this term, speaking of Jesus, um, you know, tries to get at some of that. But I wanted to ask you all, and we'll, we'll go with Ryan first, but like when you hear this phrase, speaking of Jesus, does it open up? what it means to share the gospel is it more robust or holistic how does it kind of strike you um and does it does is it is it a helpful term for thinking about uh a a more natural way of thinking about or of um of this overflow that we've talked about so much of sharing what jesus is doing what he's done for you um yeah I think it's very helpful, the term speaking of Jesus, just in general, because it normalizes speaking about God Mm. and using Jesus as the model for how we talk to our family and friends. Yeah, that's good. And so I'm really excited to dig more into this. And we're talking quite a bit about evangelism here at this table but it's it's more broad than that. Yeah. So it's um, how we you know how we talk to our spouse, how we talk yep. to our best friends who know Jesus, who love Jesus. But what do, you know? What do we celebrate? Mm. What, what do we what are we praising? What are we um, excited about? To go on with the theme, I like that theme, mm. and and I'm definitely excited about speaking to Jesus. However, I think we we stumble quite a bit. Um, fear of rejection is one thing I brought up yeah. but also it's this feeling that there's a right way and a wrong way mm-hmm. and there's the right answers and the wrong answers and um, so it, it just feels less than natural mm. and so we have to press into it we have to practice it we have to submerse in it and um, I do think it will lead to more sharing of Jesus in terms of sharing the gospel, but it's um, it's really just aligning our words with our hearts. That's good. And if yeah. if we're not willing to speak of Jesus, then where's our heart really at? And so that's a I'm looking in the mirror when I say that. That's a gut check, and that's a um, a heart check, and it's something that that I want to get better at, especially in the workplace as a remote employee, talking on the phone and web calls all day. Um, it's not easy <laughs> to speak of Jesus in those settings, but but I know that I can do it. I know that I, I am doing it. That's part of what I wanted to say here is we are speaking of Jesus. Mm. We just don't think about it sometimes, and we don't, um, We like I said earlier, we underestimate the power of the spirit and the way the spirit's working in these these little things if we mention prayer if we if we mention god if we mention faith and um, we want immediate impact but a lot of times the the impact takes a lot of patience to see mm-hmm. that doesn't mean we shouldn't have urgency to speak of jesus yeah so um 
Ryan, you already kind of started down this road, but what do you all um, think it means to speak of Jesus? Like, uh, obviously, we're kind of just getting into this, but, um, you know, yeah, I, I guess, would, would, how would you all define what, what it is that we're kind of aiming at or what we're trying to get at, rather, with this term, speaking of Jesus? For me, I like the term speaking of Jesus because it goes, it, it's, it's broader than evangelism, mm-hmm. which is seems which I think of as more geared towards specifically just the lost. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that the approach that we when I think when I think of the phrase spe- like speaking of Jesus, it gets me excited, and it and it puts me the so honestly the the thought that comes to my mind um, is yeah I'm a single guy here so this, I'm, I'm more in touch with this but like if I I'm having a, if I have a crush on somebody or if I've just got a new girlfriend, dude, that's all I can talk about. Like, I mean, you, you, like I look like a different person. Like people, if I walk in a room and I've, and I've, I mean, like people are just like, okay, like what is, what is this? Like he's buzzing right now. Like he's, this guy <laughs> has got, did he, he's got a secret to share with us. What is going on? I have no poker face. Everybody knows it. And, and so that's the kind of like, that's what comes to my mind of like those conversations of just, just this love for Jesus to just overflow. That's what I think of when I talk, when I think of speaking of Jesus. And those are the kind of things that are the most powerful forms of evangelism in my personal experience. And they lead to the, they lead to the opportunity. I I think that that's the primer for when you start to speak truth to somebody Hmm. you're sharing you're, you're, it's almost like this anesthesia uh, before the surgery. The spirit can really, can really, um, can really set somebody's heart in, 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 a, in a manner through your that, the love and passion that you have right before he takes the scalpel and you can start sharing those hard truths you know that are piercing um, and just letting him speak through you I think that starting with that that position of just overflow of love is is huge Hey, thanks again for tuning in to this episode of the Christ City Cast. Just as a reminder, this was only part one of this conversation. We'll be sure to push out the second half of the conversation sometime later this summer. As always, thanks to Young Oceans who provide all the music for these episodes. And if you would like to share a bit of your story on a future Christ City Cast episode, just come find me and we'll be sure to arrange a time to sit down and have that conversation. Thanks again to Kyler, Dana, and Ryan for being willing to sit down, and we'll see you in part two of this conversation later this summer. Thanks. Thanks.